You are listening to the Downtown Larned Podcast, the podcast where we aim to cultivate vision for the future of downtown Larned. We are so grateful to have you join us this week. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Larned Downtown Podcast. I'm Jared Smith here with my co-host Landon Irway and our special guest, Brad Iles, the city manager of Larned, Kansas. Brad, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Of course, Brad. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, where, where are you originally from? You know, I uh, grew up in Topeka and Wichita okay. and uh, went to Wichita State, both uh, undergrad and graduate school. I worked in oh in Wichita for uh, Sedgwick County Manager and while well, I was in graduate school. Went to Chanute, then I, had, uh, I did economic development in Independence, Kansas, and, uh, um, and in McPherson, and then about five years ago got this job with the uh, city okay. of Larned. Well, we are super happy to have you not only on the podcast, but in Larned in general. Yes. Um, it seems like, um, of course, there's there's naysayers out there who don't see progress, but really, if you take an outside look in and, and look at all the new stuff that's happened in Larned, it's an exciting time. So you have a large part in that. So we, we thank you very much. Hey, thank you <laughs> very much. Now, so um, you said, so you became city manager five years ago. Um, what kind of led you to Larned? Was it was it the the position itself that you were interested in? Or? Well, yeah. Um, when this position became available, um, I was really intrigued about it because um, my mom grew up in Larned. Oh, okay. And um, my grandfather had uh, the Shamrock Station, which is where the uh, Quick Shop is now. And my aunt, Patsy Grimes, she still lives here. And so we would come and visit our grandparents um, all the time when we were kids. And uh, so some of my most cherished childhood memories are in Larned, Kansas. So, wow, that's cool. Uh, that is yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Small world. I it mean, is. good grief. There's only, there's only uh, so many people that can say that about that. You said the Shamrock Gas Station, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shamrock Gas Station. And then, right. of course, my uncle took it over after that. And later it became uh, like a Phillips 66, I think, and okay. stuff. But, uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, Brad, why uh, did you become the city manager? What? Well, um, <clears throat> you know, I uh, was trying to figure out, you know, this is, gosh, 25 years ago, you know, exactly what what I wanted to do. And I had an undergraduate degree in business, and, uh, you know, I just thought really – I liked the idea of public service. I had interacted with a number of different city managers, and I just liked what I saw and what I heard from them. And, uh, I mean, it's uh, certainly not an easy profession. There's a lot of people that uh, are, well, there are a lot of people that just dislike government, <laughs> and uh, uh, believe it or not, but... Um, but the truth is, um, in this job, we're able to serve the public, and we're able to help uh, make things happen. So, and some of that stuff in the downtown is, yeah. is an example. Sure. So I guess to the average person, I, I'm, I'm considering myself an average person, which might be a stretch. I don't know if I'm average <laughs> or not. I might be a little bit below average on my knowledge. Uh, uh, but 
so to me, maybe I should say that to me, I really don't know um, government all that well, especially local government. So what what are some of your responsibilities as city manager? I'm sure that managing a city sounds pretty complex. So I imagine the position is complex as well. But uh, let the listeners know kind of what a what a typical day looks like for Brad. Well, I'll tell you, um, my job, uh, I'm actually, um, I work for the governing body. So my job is to make sure that uh, things try to run smoothly um, on the functions we have. And, you know, it's police protection. It's fire, code enforcement, building inspection. Um, we have to, of course, the, the budgetary side of it. Then there's the utilities. We've got the electric utility, water, wastewater, and sanitation, which is refuge collection. So we have to work with, uh, I work with each of the department heads, and we work on uh, you know, providing the best possible services we can within our budget constraints and uh, to do it the best we can. So my job to keep the, yeah. that Brad, of those responsibilities or the, being the city manager which one's your favorite like which one makes you uh smile or get excited <clears throat> well you know i i think um i tell you i think i might have been the most thrilled um by some of the amenities by th- getting some of the amenities that are important to the community back up and running again um, fountain, right? The fountain, yeah. I thought, was just the most cool thing. Yeah. And it seemed like a shame that it uh, wasn't working. And the governing body made that, you know, a priority. Our, our, my employees have incredible skills. Uh, they work really hard, and they take pride in their work. And so they were able to get that up and going again. I love the fountain. Uh, the work that they did on the swimming pool has been fantastic, and I'm really proud of that. And there's more work coming, right? There Sounds is. Like. As a matter of fact, they were pouring cement today okay. um, at the pool because there's a toddler splash pad feature that, um, that we're adding to that. And so that work continues on and such. Um, the lighting of the water tower. Now, I don't remember that, you know, coming in town, but I always remember looking for the water tower, but I don't remember it specifically being lit up. But um, that was an incredible story. And um, you talk about uh, an engaged collaborative community where within six weeks, the mayor was able to raise over $100,000 to get those lights up and going. And I think it was kind of like, you know that cherry on top of a of a Sunday. You know it was yeah. just the added touch that really. Um, I really literally. It looks it. like a cherry. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it does. It looks literally. like a king's yeah. crown. Yeah. I think. <laughs> so, so to speak to that, you know, that's exciting for for me and and maybe some other listeners to hear that your heart is kind of set on revitalization of uh, or, or more so restoration you know that it, that's what you enjoy now i understand that that's probably a fraction of of uh that the, the day right as far as just managing all the, the utilities and whatnot but um that's certainly what uh we have been um talking about and, and pushing for um with downtown uh, that's that's 
that's in its most purest form uh, at restoration, right? So <clears throat> I guess that's a good segue into, uh, we're just going to skip on down to Broadway Vitals, so all about downtown. Um, so Brad, here we talk a little bit about pros and cons of downtown, and it'll be very interesting from from your perspective because um, yeah. you're, you're in it day to day, literally and and uh, metaphorically. So, tell us what uh, what you see as some of our pros are. Um, you know, where where do our strengths lie right now? Specific to the downtown, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, well, I think um, this is the way I look at it. We've got some pretty good anchor businesses. Okay. Now, remember, we're only talking like three or four blocks. And so uh, um, that's actually an advantage that we would have, too, because if it were 25 blocks, um, be a lot more investment that would need to take place and a lot more work that would need to be done. With it being concise like that, um, you know, I think that that is uh, something that, you know, uh, ripples, no matter how small they are, are going to have an impact on the on the whole but uh, when we uh, after that windstorm last year and we found that uh, the building across from City Hall the old opera house needed um, that it was uh, leaning and it was dangerous and then as we looked more into it we've we came more and more convinced that there's some significant problems on that. And so the demolition of that, as sad as any demolition of an historical building is, did create an opportunity. And so I think what we're going to see over time is some good investment uh, taking place in what I would say was the worst part of our downtown right so uh where those buildings were right right and so you know that's that's a positive in that you're going to see that investment and of course when positive things happen um it 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 spreads out snowballs yeah 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 so uh um, that'll be a positive and we're looking at ways that we can soften and ways that we can uh, make the downtown more attractive. One of the advantages that we have right now is that we have um, a mayor who, um, well, he's the best mayor I've in 25 years of working in in local government. He's the best mayor I've ever had an opportunity to work with. Wow. He's got a really good vision for where the community can go, and. Um, and he knows how to work with people to make it happen. So that's a great advantage. Great governing body. They're the ones who deserve the credit for the restoration of the fountain, the pool, uh, Moffitt Stadium. We did work there. And all of these other projects, they understand uh, where the community's heart is. And they uh, are are dedicating the resources and pointing us in the direction of making those happen. So uh, that's another advantage that we have. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if we can get that, get the downtown cleaned up, you know, and put those amenities in there that make it an attractive place, uh, you know, create that sense of place that people want to be, then I think that's going to lead to um, our success in that. 
downtown area. Yeah, right. Brad, as a community member, what's one of your favorite things about our downtown? You know, it was probably 20 years ago um, that I read an article um, on the State Theater. And uh, and it must have been about the time that that that, that it been acquired and uh, it could have been 15 years ago but I mean it's been a while yeah. and uh, of course it grabbed my attention because well it was Larned you know and uh, uh, you know I was like wow and I'd been in the State Theater as a patron you know years and years ago my mom worked <laughs> at the State Theater in the 50s and so. Uh, I think that is an incredible success story. I think it says a lot about the community and the fact that they've been able to keep it staffed for weekends for maybe a couple of decades, I, maybe even longer than that. It's a long time. Sure. Yeah. 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 And not only not only once a weekend, but you're talking Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, right? Yeah. Uh, and they tried Monday night there yeah. for a while, and I don't think it was a lack of volunteers that – it stopped that from happening so it's pretty impressive because those are pretty hard nights to to fill consistently you, they you, are people like their weekends yeah. and what i love about you, you everything you said about our state theater and then you have volunteers there and you would they always have a smile on their face and they're always willing to serve there as they're, they're volunteering and and it's just it's a win 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 all the way around with that yeah. particular thing building it, downtown it that, really is yeah. and uh you know one of the uh, if I remember right, it was Celebration Florida was a community that I think Disney put together um, and from scratch. One of the first things they did was they built a movie theater. It is a place where people come together, yep. they share an experience, and that is great. It's it's really my favorite part. But it, you know, I enjoy scraps. Yeah, you know, I uh, uh, they've got some great coffee there, great stuff. Um, you know, in the flower shop, and uh, uh, it just—I, I, you know—we've got some really good stuff. So I'm—I'll tell you what—I, I think every weekend uh, that we're in town, I'm over at Ace, you know, getting this or that, and then going back and getting the right piece. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't go to Doers just once. It, yeah. It's a three time. It's a three tripper. <laughs> yeah. At least for me, because I always forget something or grab the wrong piece. Uh, <laughs> wrong size. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, but you know, I think it's um, it's. I think there's so much potential that we can do um, and make it good. Uh, one of the things that I hear um, the most uh, complaints about um, related to the downtown is the condition of some of those buildings. Well, what has happened in the last year is um, we brought on a new code enforcement officer, building inspector, Will Tice. And a lot of people know Will. Will uh, does a great, great job of working with people, whether it's on grass and, you know, nuisance abatement at homes um, or in the downtown area. It's a really hard job because he has to balance property rights with um, the rights of those around that are affected when people don't take care of their building. Right. And so that's that's something that in our in our second episode with with William Nusser, mayor, uh, mm-hmm. as you alluded to, um, he he kind of laid out the groundwork of a lot of a lot of people come to the city and say, oh, you need to you need to take care of this, you need to take care of that. But really, 
I mean, there's you have to respect property, right, and 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 property rights. So there's only so much that you can do. Um, what what can the city do? What is your guys's biggest foothold on progress moving forward? Um, yeah, we do um, international property maintenance code uh, that you know, which is part of our city code. It's a, a set of rules that we've adopted. And, uh, and most communities have as well. And they talk about when you have a building and the window breaks, you're not supposed to nail it up there, uh, you know, a piece of uh, plywood up there. I mean, as a temporary measure, sure. But they need to bring in um, and replace it with uh, glass. And so uh, it hadn't been a long time ago, but you remember the opera, opera house had, well, I mean, it looked... yeah. Like I don't. A, I don't think it had windows. I think it just had, <laughs> <laughs> I think it just had boards. Yeah, in yeah. 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 spaces. Post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Almost. yeah. And, uh, but um, so I mean that that is one of those things. There's there's property maintenance standards that aren't just learned. I mean they're they're everywhere. Uh, the question is um, <clears throat> the difference between successful communities and those that aren't. Our successful communities um, make those standards uh, real, and they um, and they enforce them. Right. And uh, again, it is a balance. Uh, there are a lot of things. People, well, that building is about ready to fall down. Well, we haven't been inside it because of property rights, but the codes are not there to tell people what to do, but to, um, in my opinion, protect their neighbors investments as well right and when someone um, from out of town or an absentee landlord owns a building nothing happens on it they use it as storage which we're looking at might be against code uh against zoning you know but uh, we're looking at that but the truth is th- those buildings have great potential but you're never going to get rid of them if you can't get them into a condition that um, are that is marketable. Right. It's, it's hard enough to attract businesses into a community um, because you have a limited amount of incentives that you can give out. And, but if they can come in and they see a niche and they can look at a building and go through it and say, you know what, I can put my stuff here um, without you know, $50,000 worth of investment, you know, you know, for minimal amount of money, they get up and going on their business. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to have success. Yeah. So. That is, that is something that just going on vacation and, and looking at some of these thriving, thriving areas, right. And in the United States as a whole, and uh, just Larnet has big, beautiful buildings, uh, you know, three story. I, I mean, it was, it's some pretty impressive buildings, but at the same time, um, not necessarily. It, it, it's it's almost as though the business model these days doesn't need all that space. So, with, with one of our strengths becomes one of our weaknesses, almost to a point of if you're trying to remodel one of these buildings, um, like Lacrosse, Lacrosse, Kansas has a bunch of tiny little buildings to where if a if a if a pet groomer wanted to go in somewhere, it, it's considerably less to to renovate a 800 square foot shack versus a uh, 3,000 square foot, three-story building. So I think it's just all how you look at it, but um, I think it, it certainly comes to, to the 
basis of we've got to get them available because right now there's not any even if somebody wanted to renovate a, a building it seems like some of these uh storage owning uh owners are holding holding on tight to those buildings so right yeah and you know that's where you're exactly right if someone owns that if they could invest in that enough to get it that someone could you know put that pet grooming place or a candle shop or you know a number of uh, other gaps in our retail offering i mean that that's really good yeah the, the the shopping experience has completely changed what we need to do to be successful is we need it to be a place that you can shop you can eat you can drink whether it's coffee or another beverage of your choice and uh you know, it's got to be something that you feel when you're there that you're part of something bigger. Right. And we can do that. We can really make that happen. But it's going to take – it takes the entire community. I mean, the city might have the enforcement powers and stuff like that, but the entire community needs to be engaged and focus on getting these things done yeah and i think you know a lot of those that first domino has fallen for the downtown and and i think we're headed in the right direction as we just continue to not only just have a we're hoping that even just through this podcast that the community grows a deeper passion for downtown and and before we started doing this podcast i didn't pay much attention to downtowns as i drove through them but now i do and just just a growing small passion in my heart and hoping that transfers over and we do have incredible um, support our I have support my staff has support of governing body they understand the importance of this and so they are willing to try and do new things when we started asking about the uh, fountain you know oh well it's all this is the wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong well you know we address those things and it's it's up and running again of course it did break at the end of the season but you know you can replace a pump that's okay yeah and uh, so there's been a real focus by the kansas department of commerce on rural initiatives money has been um uh, in grants there's been a lot of grants that they have uh initiated that will help that that their focus has been less on the more rural or um, the more urban areas and they put more resources and assistance in for uh, the rural areas. So um, what's nice about that is, uh, well, I'll give you an example, Um, Kansas Main Street Program. The Main Street Program is a very successful program that utilizes a plan of work, and uh, um, it's, it's a small investment that reaps big investments and growth in downtown areas. When you're talking about the Main Street program, I know a little bit about that just because I've I'm on the Economic Development Board and, and we've we've sought out grant opportunities and and more of the public funding aspect of things. But um, to to the outside eye, it, grants and and those public programs are kind of lumped in all together. Of oh, well, I'm thinking about starting a business. I, maybe I should get a grant. You know, and it's pretty broad. Um, but where it, I know that some of these grants require participation from the city um, in regards to signing up or creating plans. So as a community member, if if we have somebody 
wanting to do something and, and hoping to get a grant, is it best to reach out to the chamber or is it best to reach out to the city? What, what is your suggestion in regards to um, approaching that? Yeah, um, I would say either one. However, you know, it is the chamber um, and the chamber and the economic development group. Um, that would be a great place to start on that. Um, and we could work with them on those applications because, yeah, some of those required that they had a sponsor that, that was like a chamber or a economic development group, city, county, or, you know, some kind of a nonprofit. But, uh, uh, you know, together, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I think that's where I would start if I were someone. Yeah. And, uh, well, I, I really like what you mentioned in regard to the fountain because I didn't realize that it was a uh, situation where there's multiple issues that you had to had to face. So I think it's easy to have the mentality of approaching those issues and saying, oh, we've got this, this, and this wrong, therefore we aren't going to do it. Um, where you guys comparatively saw the end result and said, yes, there is this, this, and this, but we can, instead of focusing on those on those issues let's focus on the end product that that we're going to be seeing so um speaking uh, to that in regards to downtown let's talk about um spitballers so all about the future this is i love saying spitballers this is jared and i's spitballers yeah (laughs) yeah well that's that's a good question i've been asked that well it's our segment about all about the future (laughs) (laughs) maybe just a random questions although they're not really random yeah um well so yes in in the segment we just talked about the future so um what it what it uh may entail uh what we have coming up in the pipeline but also maybe what we envision as well so um on on as far as maybe what the future entails uh, short-term thinking, what are some of the city's goals in regards to downtown? What are we trying to work towards right now? Yeah, I, I think the governing body is uh, fully behind getting that, uh, to getting the softening of the downtown, like I was saying earlier. And that would entail, um, like, benches, um, more potter, um, uh, more planters, yeah. um, putting uh, more appropriate uh, vegetation or trees primarily, you know, to give some height in in the uh, planters that we have now. Uh, again, add some additional ones, do some lighting on the uh, on the buildings. You know, we we may not have uh, Christmas lights this year because they were just decimated last year and now we're i'm working on a grant that's hopefully going to get us some but uh uh gosh that's getting closer and closer all the time but uh, but it's doing what we can to make that downtown uh an inviting place uh for both people to start and do businesses and uh, for people to shop and uh and socialize and and enjoy it uh but I mean, there's no silver bullet. So in in addition to that, uh, we're gonna uh, need to enforce the codes and make sure that buildings um, are safe to occupy and to um, and you know make sure or see what we can do to help uh, get those buildings uh, in productive uh, ways. Yeah. Um, one of the grants that. 
we recently received was for uh, <clears throat> milling and then overlaying uh, Broadway Street, clear from um, the southern end of uh, you know where the the bridge is, all the way to Eighth Street, and okay. so. Uh, you know that well, that'll be you know a nice addition too. You know we added the banners a few years ago. We need to really spruce that up and get that going. The wind is taking a real toll on those, but uh, successful communities they invest in art and they participate in the they participate in solving and helping to address problems so that people can utilize those opportunities. And uh, so, you know, I think that is good. Really curious about what's going to happen across the street from City Hall with that. Um, You know, housing, downtown housing, utilizing tax credits and other programs from the state and the federal government to make that happen. I think it's a real possibility. And... You know, I think it's I think it's really going to take people to maybe I tell you what the the key would be. You can have a good governing body, you can have a great mayor like we do. People would step away from the keyboard and um, and get engaged in solutions. Then then that's what the real solution is, right? Yeah, or or in this case, away from the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. you go yeah. but yeah. actually i i mean how many other communities have a podcast you know that's about their downtown and yeah. uh something where people can hear that there is hope out there and that there's opportunities for right. uh things i mean yeah yeah it's a great great thing yeah yeah but certainly um it it, it takes it takes taking tiny little steps in the right direction and and there's only so much that that we can we can talk about before it kind of gets old, um, and and nothing motiv- it seems like nothing motivates people more than than progress, physical old fashioned progress. And even though, like you mentioned, even though the building's getting tore down, that's that's it's not the ideal situation, but it is a form of progress, right? We had a dilapidated buildings, now they aren't dilapidated anymore, right? They aren't there, mm-hmm. um, but just any sort of uh, momentum that we're, we're craving at this point and we are getting that we've we've touched on it before we've got businesses putting up new signs we've got buildings getting tore down we've got quite a bit of money being put into uh into the building uh, south of town so mm-hmm. um that's right it, it it the city can do so much to incentivize but it's going to come down to entrepreneurs and and people with hearts for the community to to invest back into it so absolutely um well so you mentioned um, that's good to hear as far as the as far as the flower the flower beds and and the trees and yeah. um, how well I so I, I wrote a letter for that for the grant that you're applying for yes um, and and in that I referenced um, more or less just if if we have the expectation for business owners to reinvest in their buildings right it is hard to uh, swallow that as a business owner if I'm covered by, I think I alluded to a 1974 uh, 
trash can or, or flower bed, right? Um, so I, I am excited for, and, and whenever that comes or if it comes, um, just the possibility of the partnership with the city on even though just small fundamentals of a downtown, I, th- I really think that's going to uh, add to that snowball effect on the business owner side, just seeing that the city's involved, even on the smallest of levels. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, one thing that I did want to touch on, so you, the, the downtown Broadway is getting re refinished. Is that what you said? That road? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, uh, th- it was two projects and, um, we went and bid it earlier this year and the cost was twice what the engineer estimate was. We've got another grant. So we're, we're looking at combining the two of those now, um, based on funding cycles and based on, you know, uh, scheduling and stuff. I mean, we're talking 2024. And okay. uh, so, and we'll have the downtown problem solved by then. So That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I mean, I think that's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that'll be nice. And uh, I think it's going to add to it. And, uh, uh, you know, when I, I'll tell you one thing. And you talk about the role of government, and there are a lot of people that, that hate government. Still, though, that on the the local level, we have really an opportunity to affect change. That's what I like about being city manager and working with dedicated um, public servants that I do. And, you know, I grew up in Wichita, and one of the things that they passed, which I thought was really creative, was that a certain percentage, and I can't remember if it's 1% or 25 or whatever, of all infrastructure projects had to include um, that percentage of a an attribute that brought some kind of attractiveness to it. Uh, I'll give you an example, um, you know, if there was a, a bridge and there's supposed to be a fence on there, um, they'd put it in wrought iron. It's not the most cost-effective way to do it, but it makes a day and night difference in what people perceive um, of that infrastructure. Right. And so um, that was a really, in my opinion, a really great way that a, uh, a local government could help to um, initiate those positive things. Brad, you mentioned earlier about uh, the successful communities have, a, they have art and Obviously, we're a lot smaller than Wichita. Is there a smaller community in Kansas that you look at that's currently doing that and being successful that we can not necessarily – we don't want to be exactly like another community, but maybe the steps that they're doing that help model it? Well, I'll tell you what, Great Bend. Great Bend's doing a great job on that, and my hat is off to them. And uh, Kendall Francis is a good friend of mine, and uh, uh, you go down there, and there are – statues and uh, uh, it's it's cleaned up Kendall, Kendall Francis you mentioned him and and what he's doing for Great Bend what is his role is it is it within government or is it do we have to approach these artsy ideas that bring culture to downtown can we approach that from a city lens or does it have to be from a private lens as far as organizations or the community um well, Kendall is um, the city administrator in uh, in Great Bend. Okay, and um, you know, and I think that um, 
I think you're going to find the best and most optimal success is when you have a cooperative um, local government helping businesses and uh, and you've got people that are willing to make those investments. We're fortunate now that we do have some people that are making some pretty significant investments. We're working with them um, to help make that successful and um, and that's uh, and that's what they're doing in uh, Great Bend. Yeah. And, uh, so if I wanted to put a statue in front of State Farm, a glorious statue, mm-hmm. um, it, what I, I've always wondered this in front of the businesses is that would that be my territory? Is there a certain point to where I can kind of put whatever I want on the sidewalk as long as it's far enough away from the street, or does everything that's on the sidewalk have to go through the city? Well. <clears throat> Not exactly sure. Are you thinking Jake? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Jake <I can> t- <laughs> what happens when was, Jake's no longer the spokesman? Well, I, was just, I was just thinking of myself. <laughs> just put, a, put one of myself out there. <laughs> but uh, um, complicating it is that it is a state highway, too. Yeah, right. And so um, I think that uh, when those planters went, uh, were put in a long time ago, uh, I don't think they got permission from the state to do that, but uh, um, but uh, so there is you know the KDOT step. Of course, we have a really good working relationship with them, but it's all about um, safety. We want to make sure that one, there's plenty of room for um, you know uh, ADA, and um, you know that people can pass through without uh, you know uh, with wheelchairs or whatever, and uh, we want to make sure that it's. Uh, uh, anchor properly, make sure that it doesn't interfere with any uh, utility lines and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, we would love that. And uh, so, if anybody's got any of our listeners, who knows how much we've grown by now uh, as far as our listening base, <laughs> but if any of our listeners has a giant statue, uh, br- bring it up and see if we can get it downtown. Because I, in all seriousness, I I think there's a lot of opportunity for the the artsy artistic side of. Uh, improvement to downtown there's there's a there's a reason why landlords when they when they want to revamp a property that's the first thing they, they do is throw on some paint it's because it's it's the cheapest way to make a big impact really and and you can do it a right way and you can do it a wrong way i'm not saying do it the wrong way but i am saying that there's there's something to be said about a, a quick really a quick fix with a mural um to to liven something up um now are they are they cheap? Not necessarily, but relative to to revamping a, a you know revitalizing a whole building, yeah, it, it's pretty cheap and it has a big impact that everybody can see. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Brad, long term, what do you think downtown Larned could be? You know, I think that what I see is that it could be a unique, clean area that um, again is has that sense of place, brings people into the community. Or if they stop at, say, like the Santa Fe Trail Center uh, and the fort, you know, and stuff, um, they'll be intrigued to come in and, uh, you know, check out unique shops with um, offerings that uh, aren't just the ones that are filtered through Amazon or, um, you know, or, or are available at every Walmart. You know, and then, you know, after, you know, and then get a bite to eat and, uh, 
um, maybe then on uh, weekends, on Friday nights, um, then, you know, maybe small band or, you know, folk singer, somebody, you know, singing. And I think it could be a unique and shiny uh, thing uh, that uh, other communities would certainly uh, want to emulate. Do you, do you think one of those, uh, is there a specific one that would be the easiest and most in fact, impactful change that we can make, and, and which one would you start with? Well, I think that um, perhaps the easiest would be to start with those amenities like uh, the benches and the planters and, uh, and focusing in on those things, um, eventually then leading to replacing uh, the utility poles that we have in the downtown to be more of a, like you see the acorn type lighting, they're, they're black and they have a unique thing. I mean, those are the things that we can build over time to make this, to make the downtown really a special, good place. And in all honesty, people will see, hey, you know what? Uh, what is what is learned done well golly new hospital new schools uh renovated the pool we're we're investing in infrastructure downtown's looking good we're we're talking a lot about housing and the the multitude of areas in housing that we can address and what we'll do is we will see an uptick in uh and in, in uh, our population, our schools will grow and everything. But I tell you what, if, if we don't, we're in trouble. And you know, when, when people say, well, it's stupid getting those benches and, you know, that's just crazy. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe it is. But I'll tell you what, is what we're doing now working? Yeah. <laughs> is it? If they think it is, well. Right. Would you, Brad, would you agree with the comment do you think the average person gauges the health of the community based off of downtown primarily? Would you agree with that statement? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and that's, that is why we're having such a push because everything that you listed out, we have going for us and it's already done, right? We've got the hospital, we've got the school, we've got a brand new church being built. You mm-hmm. know, we, we've got all of these things working for us, but at the, at its most basic sense, I would say the average person driving through Larned wouldn't necessarily credit us with a healthy community just because our downtown doesn't live up to what all of our un- other amenities are like right now. So um, to a point, uh, yes, we have a lot of stuff going for us downtown, but um, to a point, it almost takes away from the progress that we're making um, in other areas of of, down- of Larned as well. So, Yeah, yeah, because I think people say, well, that community doesn't care. Or they're so, uh, I mean, because you don't see the hospital. I mean, it's, it's in, a, in a good place, but you don't see that. You don't see the, the school and stuff. And if you're driving through on 56, if you take Trail Street, gosh, think about what you saw um, a year ago, you yeah. know, or for the, were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it's been the same thing. And uh, now they're seeing something different. We did the road improvement there at 4th Street, so it's easier to maneuver through there. 
new uh, new liquor store down you know if you keep on going on that highway so hey, hey. i mean shoot that that side of town uh they've done a great job cleaning that up and um yeah so so that's kind of my point is we've got a lot of things going for us everywhere else right. uh, if we can just put going referencing the the beginning of this podcast the cherry on top has now become downtown for sure so yeah yeah, well, Brad, thank you again for coming and hanging out with us, Landon. Thank you for uh, just your, your passion and your heart for downtown Larned, and thank you for the listeners for coming and checking us out. As always, uh, thanks for listening to another episode. Have a good one. See ya. We want to thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Downtown Larned Podcast. We hope that this episode has both blessed and encouraged you. If you haven't yet, go like our Facebook page and leave a comment with your biggest thoughts and takeaways from this week's episode. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.